Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good morning again. You know, uh, I come from a long list of warriors. Warriors. My father used to say, I was just like him, born worried. And he told me he got that and his prematurely gray hair from his mother. And she got it from her mother. So I guess it's just in my blood. And unfortunately, worry must be a dominant gene because my oldest son, Nick, fretted about everything and always worried me to death, as they say. He made the worriers list a long time ago. My maiden name is Gray, and I think it just seems like Gray's, um, we seem to always wait for the worst to happen. In good times, my dad would say something like, well, everything is going too well. Something bad is about to happen and ruin it all. And of course, over time, guess what? Something bad did happen. And he would say, I knew that was going to happen. He was just waiting for the bad things to happen throughout all the good that he was experiencing. And considering my ancestry, I think it is ironic that Advent is the season of waiting. And I don't know about you, but hearing Jesus say they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away, so too will be the coming of man. That really makes me worried about what this Christmas will bring. Are we expecting a baby born in a manger or the end of the world? It's enough to make a worrier crawl in a cave and hide. And I suppose Jesus reminds us that this waiting period, this meantime between ordinary time and Christmas, won't be all cheery, merry, and bright. I think he realized that fear and worry are contagious, and it's only our human inclination to see the natural and man-made disasters that we talked about last week as signs that the end of the world is very near. And while you wait, Jesus says, you have a lot of practical things to do, like be alert and stay awake with patience, endurance, and hope. But Jesus There's just too much to worry about this Advent, you know? Individuals and families are still struggling to find jobs and make ends meet, still trying to hold things together during the holiday season. And for so many of us, the holidays mean deep despair rather than celebration. And I haven't even mentioned that fiscal cliff that's looming over the nation and threatens us all. Jesus, is it at all possible to face this meantime with patience and hope and trust that we will endure? And if you have already been born, what is this Advent waiting all about? 
And I ask those questions of you also, Trinity, because I know as a congregation in an interim period, you may want to keep your heads down and worry about how things will turn out. It's just our natural tendency. And as Christians, it really is hard to keep our heads up for 12 or 18 months, no matter how long it takes, let alone over 2,000 years since Jesus told us to start watching for him. You are living in this church's life while struggling with issues and the realities of change. Change in relationships, change in schedules, change in leadership, changes in what you expected and hoped for. Your hearts might be weighted down with distractions and anxiety over what you see or may not see or want to see happening around you. The pressing needs of a congregation in transition can certainly overwhelm, just like those roaring floodwaters Jesus speaks of. And I know, too, that you worry, what will the future bring? Could this be our end time? Now, change of any kind is a stress-inducer. It's stress simply because it is different from what we expect. Pressing needs and worries of the meantime a church experiences between settled rectors have a tendency, maybe, to weigh us down and bring out the worst of our fears. You may believe that all your worries may be over and when the next settled rector comes, but you will find when he or she arrives, it will be the beginning of a time with its own signs and predictions. And today I hear Jesus say that our need for control, that anxiety we have to know exactly what the future will bring, prevents us from looking up and noticing God in the meantime. For me, the interim time is just like Advent. It's it's an always present meantime. A time for patience, endurance, and trust in the midst of that reality of change. But God is in the stress. Believing that, knowing that God is with us in the present time and the present struggle is the grace that provides hope. That's what Jesus, I think, is talking about today. And I may be a a worrier, but I've learned as I get older to allow some room for God to work in the middle of our human turmoil and waiting. I can't always know the easy answers and quick fixes for issues and problems that come up. But I do know by listening to Jesus that sometimes we just need to endure together the struggle and the not knowing. I think Jesus says raising our heads, helping each other lift up our burdens, being on on guard to notice God working presently and recognizing that worry, doubt, fear, and anxiety are the very signs that can wake us up to the hope and redemption God offers us. That is what we are called to do in the meantime. 
So today's gospel has been mistakenly used to predict the end times or the rapture. Remember the Left Behind series? And preachers throughout the centuries have used it to induce fear and trembling in the church. But that is not its purpose. Jesus is not talking about the end of the world, but our own personal and communal time of unknowing. So as a congregation, what separates us from those who have faith? Is it that we have each other to help recognize the signs of fear and doubt, and we give strength to one another in our struggles through the meantime? Now, I'm not sure if I can completely take my name off the worriers list. I am my father's daughter, after all. So I want to add my name to another list. I'd like to add my name to the list of people who are not spending their time worrying about the unexpected time of Jesus' return. I'm too busy in the meantime being thankful that he came in the first place. Amen.